Thanks for listening to The Red Treehouse, where I tell scary stories to keep you up at night. You can listen to The Red Treehouse on your favorite streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Oh, and leave us a five-star review. And if you have a scary story you'd like me to feature on an upcoming episode, email redtreehousepod at gmail.com. I'm sure you know by now that I love all things creepy and scary. And I assume if you're listening to The Red Treehouse that you also enjoy creepy and scary things. Though I've shared a few personal experiences with the creepy and paranormal, I've yet to dedicate an entire episode to my scary experiences. Until now. In episode four of The Red Treehouse, we delved into electronic voice phenomenon. And in that episode, I briefly mentioned that our family believes our house is haunted by a child ghost we've named Henry. I also mentioned that you would hear more about Henry in an upcoming episode of The Red Treehouse. Well, that time is now. I've always been a believer in the paranormal. There are just some things science and the rational mind cannot explain. And truly, there are too many people who have shared too many experiences for it to be either coincidence or mass hysteria. Even if we can't fully explain the why of supernatural experiences, we can explain the what and how. We can give details of what we experienced and how we felt. In today's episode, you'll hear about Henry, the ghost child who haunts my house. What's fascinating about Henry is that everyone in my family, including our dog, has an experience to share. I'll share their experiences alongside mine. And though we assume Henry is responsible for all the paranormal activity that has gone on, it's very possible that our house is haunted by more than one ghost. See, there are common details in each of our experiences with Henry. He's silly, even sweet. But there are common details in each of our experiences with a different entity. And this one is dark, even scary. As you listen, I want you to consider these questions. Is our house haunted by just Henry? Or by more than one ghost? If you don't think our house is haunted, are our experiences mere coincidence and an overactive imagination? I'll share the stories. You decide for yourself. I'm your host, Will. Welcome to the Red Treehouse. Think for a second about your own experiences. Have you, or do you currently live in a house you suspect is haunted? 
If so, you're not alone. A CBS News article titled, Six of the Most Haunted Houses in the U.S., dated October 24, 2013, reported nearly 35% quote, claim they have lived or are living in a haunted house, end quote. Citing a Realtor.com haunted housing report, the article offered helpful signs that a house could potentially be haunted. Quote, a cemetery on the property, more than 100 years old, quick transitions in owners, an unexplainable low price, or close proximity to a battlefield. End quote. I mentioned in a previous episode that our house dates to the late 18th century, post-revolutionary war. In fact, the original one-room schoolhouse sits on an adjacent property, and it dates to sometime around 1796. I suspect that our house sits on land that was once a small part of a massive parcel, and that over the generations, it was sold off piece by piece to developers and private buyers. I've heard it said that ghosts are more likely to haunt older homes or locations with history and or emotional connections. I find this somewhat ironic though, because older homes, at least in my mind, may have more natural explanations for supposed supernatural phenomenon. The thought that our home is haunted by drafty windows and creaky pipes has crossed my mind a few times. Before we jump into our experiences, it's important for you as a listener to have a visual map to help orient you to various locations. When you come all the way up the driveway, you'll notice a small pool house on the left and the main house on the right. The pool house doubles as my office and my recording studio. I record both the Red Tree House and the Horror Lab podcasts from this space. The aesthetic of the pool house is best described as a rustic log cabin. When you walk through the front doors of the main house, you immediately step into a foyer with a staircase on the right. At the base of the stairs is a bedroom. On the left of the foyer is our living room. And if you walk through the foyer through a set of French doors, you'll enter our dining room on the left. Turn right, and you'll walk into the kitchen. And if you walk through the kitchen, you'll enter a small laundry room with a small bathroom on the right. The bedroom at the base of the stairs is connected to the small bathroom. If you walk up the stairs, you'll find three more bedrooms, a master bedroom on the right, and two smaller bedrooms at the end of a short hallway. Each of the windows on both floors have white interior shutters. So no matter the time of the day or how bright it is outside, closing the shutters makes it feel like the middle of the night. And with dark mahogany wood throughout the downstairs, our house feels like it could be haunted. Truly, there are no shortage of dark corners and the feeling like you need to turn on a light each time you enter a room. The website hauntedoc.com offers six types of hauntings, and it's important to understand these because you'll hear several of these described in our experiences. The first is a residual haunting, and that's the result of either positive 
or negative energy released into and imprinted by the atmosphere. Quote, like a recording tape, it will play the events over and over again. End quote. In a residual haunting, there is no interaction between a person and the ghost. Though depending on the energy, you may hear various sounds. If positive energy is imprinted, you may hear laughter, singing, or even music. If negative energy is imprinted, you may hear shouts, cries, or screams. The second type of haunting is an intelligent haunting, and it's thought to be the release of the soul or aura, which is the ghost itself, upon death. An intelligent haunting involves some form of interaction between the ghost and a person. Quote, when we see this aura, we call it a ghost. If this ghost is able to interact with us, is aware of us, can touch us, can communicate with us, then this is an intelligent or interactive haunting. End quote. They further list seven reasons this ghost may be present. One, died as a result of a traumatic event, murder, car accident. Two, due to unfinished business. Three, the spirit may have died suddenly and not realized he or she died. Four, the living loved ones are so emotionally distraught, they can't let go. Five, the spirit is emotionally connected to their loved ones. Six, they cannot rest due to an injustice done to them. And seven, fear of the other side or judgment. The third type of haunting is a portal haunting, and it's thought to be the doorway to another world or dimension and may involve more unique spectral figures. Quote, typically places that experience a wide array of different types of anomalous activity, such as glowing balls of light, odd creatures, strange shapes, or unexplained mists or fog are suspected to have a portal. End quote. The fourth kind of haunting is a poltergeist haunting. And the word poltergeist is derived from two German words meaning noisy spirit. Quote, Activity that takes place will start off with knocks and bangs, furniture starting to move around by itself. Then, the activity will become more intense, manifesting itself through voices and even the appearance of full apparitions. Furniture may slide across the room and beds may shake. A poltergeist haunting tends to be the most terrifying and rarest type of haunting that occurs." End quote. The fifth type of haunting are shadow people or creatures. These are different from your typical ghost and defy explanation. Quote, they are usually shapeless dark masses, mostly seen with your peripheral vision. They are known to do things that are different from ghosts. They can move between walls have no human features, wear no clothes. People who encounter them have a feeling of dread." End quote. And finally, the sixth type of haunting is a demonic haunting. Quote, D 
Demons are entities that never had a mortal human form. End quote. They may take the following forms. Angelic, horrific or evil looking, or they may be a black mist, fog, shadow, or smoke. These hauntings may be accompanied by a smell of rotting flesh or sulfur. You may hear a growl, and demonic entities like to make contact by pushing, hitting, shoving, or scratching. I'll go further into the types of hauntings in an upcoming episode of The Red Treehouse. And I only mention them now because our personal experiences seem to fit several different types of hauntings. And I'll admit, I'm not sure what to think or feel about this. Because even though our experiences have been relatively calm, it's always in the back of my mind that they could escalate into something far more terrifying or dangerous. I mentioned each of us, including our dog, has experienced strange phenomenon in our house. These experiences that I'm about to share don't follow a chronological timeline, though I did try to order them according to how scary they were. I interviewed my wife and kids, so these experiences are true to how I'm telling them. Here we go. First is our dog Kylo. He seems to be sensitive to potentially paranormal goings-on. There have been several times in recent months where he heard footsteps or other noises upstairs and picked up his head. At least twice, he stood up and walked towards the steps and let out a low growl. In each of these instances, I was working from home, and it was just the two of us downstairs in the living room. The noises came from upstairs in one of the back bedrooms. My youngest son shares experiences that he's had at night. First, he says, I was relaxing in bed with the lights out, and then my closet door opened. My lights came on dimly, and I saw a shadow come out of the closet door. It was short, but I could only see it out of the corner of my eye. My bedroom door cracked open and then slammed shut. I saw the hallway light turn on from under my door, heard heavy walking, and laughter down the hall. I was too scared to move. I remember him telling us about this a few months ago. My initial reaction was skepticism, and I thought he had an overactive imagination. But hearing him tell the story the exact same way as the first time has my wheel spinning. His second story was in the middle of the day. He says, I was alone after coming home from school. I was walking down the stairs to find our dog and get a snack. And as I was walking in the kitchen, I saw movement and the lights turned on. I thought the movement was our dog, but he wasn't in the kitchen. In fact, he was upstairs in my brother's bedroom the whole time. My oldest son recalled a single experience that he had several months back. He says, One time I was sleeping downstairs. My phone was dying, so I went to the dining room to get a phone charger. Thinking I'd left it on the round table, I walked to the back of the dining room. On my way out of the dining room, 
a candle flew off the buffet table towards my feet. Something interesting. I was there when this one happened. And though I was walking a step or two ahead of him, I heard the candle hit the floor and initially thought he'd bumped into it. In fact, my first comment was something like, dude, I'm glad you didn't break that. The look on his face was both surprise and fear. And he immediately said, dad, the candle flew off the table right at me. I believe him. My wife, who is especially sensitive to the paranormal, had two encounters with whom she believes to be Henry. Her first was very simple. She was walking in the pool house when she heard a little boy say, Hi, Mom. I remember when she told me this. At first, she thought it was me. But in reality, I wasn't anywhere near her when this happened. I should also say that even though I work and record in the pool house, I have a fear of the bathroom being open. In fact, even in the middle of the daytime, I make sure that my back is not facing the bathroom door and that it always stays closed. Her second experience took place in the middle of the night. She says, one night I was lying down in bed when I felt a tickle under my chin and it woke me up. I'll admit, this one scares me a little bit because it seems as though Henry walked right up to her while laying down and made literal contact with her. Where was I? Next to her, sound asleep. I'll share my first encounter with Henry. And to be honest, I don't remember the exact time I first encountered him, but I know it was within a few months of moving into the house. I was in the laundry room, switching a load into the dryer right before bed. And as I walked back into the kitchen, I saw what looked like a little boy standing in the corner out of the corner of my left eye. I looked, but there wasn't anything there. When I turned back to face the entryway to the kitchen, I saw him again out of the corner of my left eye. Only this time, he had moved closer. I immediately sprinted up the stairs to the bedroom. It's important to note that I do not get afraid by much. I'm not easily spooked. Things generally don't startle me. But in this first go-round, I was legitimately scared. My daughter might have the scariest experiences of them all. I'll share three experiences that she had. Two she experienced by herself. And one she experienced with me. When we first moved into the house, someone asked me to get something from my room. At first, the temperature dropped and it was cold. I turned around, but there was nothing there. So I went and got the something I went in for. Then, I heard my name whispered twice. I remember it was a low, raspy voice, but my name was said in a whisper and it was hard to make out exactly what was being said. Then, I felt something tap my shoulder twice. My door slammed shut, and I heard the lock turn. I tried to get out, but I couldn't. Only after 10 seconds or so did the door unlock, 
and I was able to get out of my bedroom. The second experience happened less than two weeks ago. She says, About two weeks ago, I went out to the pool house to give the ducks food and water. And as I was filling up the water bowl, the pool house light turned green. I looked around in the bathroom mirror, and in the shadows, I saw the outline of a black figure. I turned off the water and ran out of the pool house. I'll close this episode of The Red Tree House by sharing an encounter my daughter and I experienced together, even though it took place at different times in the night. Maybe the scariest encounter that we've ever had took place over a period of two to three hours. I'll tell the story in reverse order, because that's how we discovered the overlap in our experience. Every night before bed, I do a once-over around the house, turning off every light, locking the doors and windows, and making sure the chickens are safe in their coop. No matter what time I go to bed, I have the same routine. Then I'll peek my head in the kids' rooms, say goodnight, tell them I love them, and remind them to turn off the lights if they get up for anything. I go to bed, and the next morning I wake up for the gym at 5.30 a.m. I step out of the bedroom, walk downstairs, and find every light on in the house. I mean every light. Overheads, lamps, hallways, bathrooms, every single light was on in the house. I'll admit, my first reaction was annoyance. I'd been clear the kids needed to turn the lights off before going to bed. Head shaking, I head to the gym. As I'm driving, though, my annoyance turned to wonder, because every possible light was turned on. Why would my boys do that? I get home from the gym in time to wake my kids up for school. And I always wake my daughter up first because she needs the most time to get ready. As I'm getting her up, I comment under my breath that the boys really need to turn the lights off next time. Then, she sits up in bed, eyes wide. What you'll hear next is her experience from a few hours before I woke up for the gym. She says, Dad, were the lights on when you woke up this morning? And did you hear the banging on my door last night? She goes on to tell me that sometime in the middle of the night, she could not remember the exact time. She heard a loud banging on her bedroom door. Startled, she laid in bed thinking it was me or my wife. A few minutes go by, and she hears the banging again. This time, she opens the door, and there's no one there. The lights are off in the foyer. A few more minutes go by, and she hears the banging again this time on her other bedroom door. She gets up, opens the door, and again, no one is there. But this time, all of the lights are on downstairs. Every single light. She steps into the kitchen, and out of the corner of her eye, she sees something dark move past her in the dining room. She runs back into her room, closes the door behind her, 
and tries, unsuccessfully, to fall back asleep. A few hours later, I come downstairs, lights still on, and my annoyance in full swing. Even though I believe in ghosts and the supernatural, my initial reaction is always skepticism. There must be some other explanation for what I saw, heard, or felt. But truly, I've experienced too many strange and scary things to dismiss the supernatural outright. And even if I prefer to dismiss my own experiences, I can't do that for other people. In truth, I think our house is haunted. Yes, by Henry. But also by something else. What exactly, I'm not sure. What do you think? Is our house haunted by just Henry or by more than one ghost? Are our experiences mere coincidence and an overactive imagination? What types of hauntings do you think exist in our home? I've told you the stories. Now, decide for yourself. I'm your host, Will. Thanks for joining me in the Red Treehouse.